What do you do with things that you can't explain? Do you ignore them and hope that they go away? Do you dismiss them as being too ridiculous to even think about? Or do you put them on your very own unexplainable shelf for safekeeping? Don't know what an unexplainable shelf is? Well, keep listening, because we're about to tell you. Welcome to the show. Five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. Two women, one mission, to break through the BS of business, money, and mindset, so you can live the life you desire and deserve sooner. Join Pauline Longden and Ray Brent as they keep breaking through the BS. Buckle up and hold on to your aura. Enjoy the ride. G'day listeners, this is Pauline Longden and Ray Brent and welcome back to Breaking Breaking Through Through the BS. Well, welcome back Ray. It's great to be here, isn't it? It certainly is, Pauline, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. I know, and we're not going to stretch it out like we always do with the introduction and like, you know, making people wait to know what the topic is. Actually, I'm kind of doing that now, aren't I? You are. (laughs) Right. Well, what we're going to be talking about today is a concept that we learned in a metaphysical setting, but we've applied it to every aspect of our life, um, especially in business. Including business, exactly. And so that concept is the unexplainable shelf, what it is and how we use it. Cool. Let's get into it. Yeah, I know. It is cool. So let's start with uh, the obvious kind of place, which is how did we find out about this? You know, what are the origins of the unexplainable shelf? So as I said at the beginning, we were on a metaphysical course over in America somewhere in like, you know, the middle of nowhere. And uh, the teacher that was teaching us at the time, she she had some really great ideas, but very, very out there for the time, weren't they? I mean, the things that are fairly mainstream now but yeah, these 10 days. 11 years ago man they were just pushing the boundaries of believability and we were just like ah oh, um, I'm not sure I'm following you or it's too much of a stretch to where I am to where you want me to be right now so she was meeting up with a lot of resistance as she was teaching us wasn't she Ray yeah definitely because um I guess as we know in copywriting these days uh, we need to have that bridge to believability. Yeah. And if we don't have that bridge to get over that believability gap, mm-hmm. we'll never get there and we'll walk away and not buy. Yeah. And unfortunately for this teacher, there wasn't a lot of proof to back up the claims. And so that, that's another thing in copywriting and in business. If you're going to make a claim, and as, outland- as I say, the more outlandish the claim, the more proof you need. But when you're talking about metaphysical kind of concepts and ideas and principles there is a lack of tangible proof yeah it's kind of goes into uh when you're talking about faith as well yes there's no tangible well most times there's no tangible proof yeah exactly you're talking about exactly so our teacher found herself in a very difficult situation in in the realms of believability and, and helping us to to get what she was actually talking about So she sat us all down and she said, okay, I want to share a story with you because where you are now is where I was a few years ago when I was starting to develop this healing modality and things were really pushing my buttons and pushing my boundaries of believability. And she said she was sitting there in in, um, 
I, I call it contemplation, you know, that really deep, expansive thought. And she came across the idea of an unexplainable shelf. And what the unexplainable shelf was for her was a part of her brain where she could put the information that was coming through so that she could address it later on when she had more life experience or not more knowledge or she'd researched more instead of what most of us do is just discarding it, yeah, don't we? Dismiss it and yeah. say, yeah, right, whatever, and yeah. chuck it away. Yeah, like we just think it's too ri- ridiculous to even think about. Um, it's like you want me to really think about... That's too much brain power. Exactly, because it, as I said, it really stretches you. And I, I guess to let the listeners know about some of the concepts she was talking about, she was talking about remote healing She's talking about auras and chakras and all that sort of stuff, but she's also pushing the boundaries of things like teleportation and other things like that. And so, you know, they're really out there and quite woo-woo. But um, as we know, I mean, if people didn't think it was possible to land on the moon, would we have done it? No, I mean... At some stage, that was on someone's unexplainable shelf. Well, that's it. And you've got to create these ideas in your mind first before you can create them in your physical world. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to have it... What the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. Yes. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Thank you very much. Perfect. Exactly. That is a great quote. And so this is why, I guess, when I started to learn about the unexplainable shelf, I started to open up my mind a bit more to the possibilities instead of just closing it going that's stupid that's ridiculous and that's it you know that is not part of my reality and then when I started to have that more open-mindedness it's funny how things have a way of explaining themselves later on down the track when you least expect it you'll be just reading the news or reading an article on on the internet or having a conversation with someone. Or 3am in the morning (laughs) comes around. (laughs) My favourite time. My brain goes, hey, I just worked that out. This is how it works. It's like a magic trick. So, oh, I knew what that magician was doing all along. That's what he did, that sleight of hand. And when he's making you look at his right hand, he's actually doing this with his left hand. But at the time of you're experiencing that magic trick, you are oblivious to it because you haven't got the experience or the knowledge expertise required to un- the unravel it yeah exactly so that's where the unexplainable shelf came from and i like the fact that she really delved into the how to keep your mind open and i think that just about everyone in that classroom got it didn't we yeah it was sort of like um putting a, a wedge in the in a yeah. door to keep it open you, you're putting a wedge in your mind mm-hmm. to keep it open and allow your subconscious to do what it does best and find the answers. Yeah, because what you're doing, and we know this from copywriting and business and creativity, you're creating an open loop. And so if people don't know what an open loop is, it's kind of like, a, you know, when you're watching a TV show and they end the season on a, a cliffhanger. It's like Will, Brad and, you know, Sally get married or will his love be unrequited for the rest of his life? Or... Who died in the fire or the explosion? <laughs> Who shot JR? Man, that is going back to like a long, long time ago. So, but anyway, so yeah, the, that's a kind of open loop. And so that brings people back because they, our mind 
is so curious we want to close these loops that are actually open yeah we we want to know the answers Mm -hmm. to the questions that we ask how does it end all right who shot mr burns that's a bit more current you know not not 50 hundred years ago but um yeah that's that's what it creates so why would we need an unexplainable shelf and how will it actually help our lives well as I've already said, it keeps our mind very much open to the possibilities that there are things that we don't know yet. yet. And yet, I think, is one of the most powerful three-letter words on the planet or in the English language. Yeah, and most underutilized as well. Yeah, because people go, oh, I don't know, or I can't do that. And by saying that, they ultimately shut it down so they never will. They close the door. They do. They, they close the do- door to any um, any possibility in the future of that changing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But when you put the three-letter word yet at the end of that sentence, mm-hmm. it's like it may not, you may not have the answer today, mm-hmm. but you're going to search and um, put your feelers out there yeah. to eventually get that answer. Exactly right. I mean, that's what it's all about is leaving your mind open, but... It's more your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind is the one that does all the work and it processes the information all around you to work out what the heck's going on in in your life. Yeah, because otherwise if you left your conscious mind sitting there dwelling on that problem, you'd get stuck and you wouldn't be able to move forward and nothing would happen in your life. So the way that I see the subconscious mind playing with the conscious mind, and this is what I love about having the unexplainable shelf, is that it helps us to be objective instead of subjective. Now, I learned about this when I was a nurse because I was taking notes on patients' conditions. And so they said, when you write patients' notes, you need to be objective, so being the observer. So instead of saying, uh, patient can't breathe, um, blah, 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 what you do because that's subjective because you don't know that the patient can't breathe properly maybe that's their what their normal state is so what you would say is um patient slips are blue earlobes are blue um their respiration rate is six respirations per minute all that sort of stuff so what you're doing is you're painting an objective picture of what's actually there instead of you know jumping to a conclusion And, and one of the biggest things in nursing was you know, I was a triage nurse for a long time in a um, emergency, you know, emergency ward and or casualty, whatever you want to call it. So people would come up to the, you know, front counter and a lot of the times they actually appeared to be drunk. But there are a lot of medical conditions that can mimic people being drunk, you know, diabetic um, crises. And also in Australia, we've got like a, um, a hideous little snake called the brown eastern brown snake that if someone gets bitten by an eastern brown snake, the first thing they do is they start to slow their words and they're drowsy and they they can't walk properly and they actually imitate being drunk. So as a triage nurse, it was the worst thing you could ever do is to instantly assume or judge that someone was drunk without knowing the whole picture. Yeah. And so that's that's a good example of the importance of being subjective. For, uh, sorry, not being subjective and being objective in what you experience of life. Yeah, and you brought up a, a lovely little word there mm-hmm. in the word assume. Yes. Because <laughs> if you don't already know, assume makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah, so, exactly. So we uh, attempt not to use the word assume. Yep. 
in our day-to-day life mm-hmm. and we attempt not to do that and make rash decisions or rash judgments mm-hmm. on what we observe because yeah. we're not really observing it we're just judging it we are actually and that's when um we're being subjective so if i was that nurse in the triage and the patient comes towards me and i go oh they're drunk you know just go and sit over there um and kind of sleep it off and get some fluids into you and all that sort of stuff and they've been bitten by a, a brown snake or they've um they're having a diabetic crisis and they fall into a coma then that's hideous that's horrible for a nurse to do that so in our nurses training we're actually taught to be objective so the way that I would take notes on that patient is patient presented to you know the triage desk uh, slurring their words sweating profusely Um, I would just basically make a list of what I was seeing not what I thought was I was seeing and this is where I love the unexplainable shelf because it gets me into that observer it's like I'm not trying to make connections and go, oh, this is this because of this is what I've experienced before. Yeah. Um, you know, like I was talking about something as, as out there as teleportation. It's like, well, that's freaking impossible. You know, how the hell would you leave? And like, you know, when you and, and when you start to think of, of it with a rational mind, and we've seen the, the Hollywood movies, it's like, okay, so when I um, teleport, where do I put my passport? Do I need a passport? Because... When I get to the other side, I'm going to end up being naked, aren't I? Because, like, yeah. I've seen that in the... Um, Eric Banner in The yeah, Time Traveller's Wife. Yeah, things like that. So that's where having the unexplainable shelf is good to put teleportation and everything else in there because it actually opens up your mind to do, perhaps there will be a possibility in the future. Because who says that we have to do the teleportation? Maybe they'll invent a machine that would do it for us. Well, they already did on Star Trek. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So there's those kind of things in our consciousness. But having these things in our con- in our um, unexplainable shelf, in our unconscious mind or subconscious mind, allows our conscious mind just to get on with the everyday life and not worry about these things. And then one day it'll be, ah, that's how you teleport. And I don't even have to worry about a, a passport because I'm just going to zippity-doo-dah in and I'm going to come back home. I'm going to go to that really great conference I want to go to in America. And don't worry about accommodation because I'm just going to zippity-doo-dah back home, sleep in my own bed, even yeah. though it's daytime. No, no jet lag. <laughs> and no jet lag. I want to know, do you get teleportation jet lag? I don't think you would. I'm not even going to go there with that. That's not even my possibility that that would even happen. So when you put things on your unexplainable shelf, as I said, it creates an open loop and our curiosity and the way our mind is set up is that we want to close that loop. We are the people who want to know how this ends. And I've always been that girl. You have, (laughs) most definitely. Ever since I was a little kid, it's always, you know, like, but why, but why? And then my parents go, because, and it's like, no, that's not good enough for me. I want to know because, blah, 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 not just because. It's... Yeah, the reason why, another copywriting tool. Exactly. So that's, it's sort of like karma's caught me, hasn't it? It's kicked me right up the buttons. It's all right. For all those questions you made other people answer for you, now it's about time you answer some questions for everyone else. So that's pretty good. But as you say, Ray, um, when you put things on the unexplainable shelf, it's like a set and forget, isn't it? It is. Because you've um, identified them and acknowledged that they exist at some level mm-hmm. in someone's reality. Yeah. It may not be yours mm-hmm. at this stage. And so you've you've given it 
sort of like that tick to go, yep, okay, you're worth investigating for my subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to leave that. I'm going to stick it up on the shelf and I'm going to leave that for the subconscious mind to do what it needs to do without my conscious knowledge. And then eventually I'll find the answer and be able to pull that off the unexplainable shelf and go, hey, I know exactly what you are or how you work. Now I can put you somewhere where you really need to be and utilize you going forward in my creating the the life of my dreams yep so ray i've got a i've got something to ask you because you were really hilarious when we learned about the unexplainable shelf because i went okay so it's a shelf um and i thought i didn't even think it's like got a size or anything i didn't worry about that but ray you had more than a shelf didn't you (laughs) i did i was uh very closed i I would say um when we got into the metaphysical stuff because i was dead set Burnt into the the military mindset. Very left brained work. Very left brained. Well, I still am to a yep. degree, but I've worked out how to connect the left and the right brains together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so in the beginning, I had an unexplainable shed <laughs> because Huge. I had more things that could go on a shelf. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm down to an unexplainable room. <laughs> <laughs> I have been able to move things around. Yeah. Um, but because of my experience and the people that I meet, the things I see, I mean, the because cons- I grew up in Tasmania, so I was a bit sheltered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. there's a few extra things there that uh, I was a little bit naive growing up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my experiences of the the, the real world mm-hmm. um, lends itself to having more shelves in the unexplainable shed. And and that's the truth, and I love that you say that and, and you identify that there was a limitation to the mindset or the, you know, the way you were brought up. And, and there's nothing wrong that, with that, that we're all brought up the best way our parents know how to and the culture that we're in, but when we know better, we can do better. So when we go throughout life and we learn new things, we experience more things and you know, I know that down in Tasmania, if you at, when you were growing up, if you had a Chinese restaurant in your area, it was a big deal, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. So expanding your mind and experiencing more of life. So why would you ever want to walk around with that closed-mindedness and not experience different cultures, different foods, different customs, everything? I mean, that's where the unexplainable shelf comes on. You don't need to know the ants right now. You don't need to know in and outs of a duck's bum about everything. Just put it on your unexplainable shelf and the answers will come to you later on. Yeah, I guess in some degree we, we kind of had um, something similar in the military to a degree. Yeah, Maybe, maybe no, not. But it was, a, it was a case of... If you ever got asked an answer, a question you couldn't answer, you'd go, hey, that's a great question. Mm. I don't have the answer for you right now, but can I get back to you with it later? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a case of giving yourself the time to actually process the information, process the question, and search out the the answer. But that was also a double-edged sword, that whole thing, though, Ray, because... People like you and I would get the answer and we'd get the right answer for people. We'd actually research, but then other people would go away and make up an answer. Oh, if, if they even went even away, if they, they just away. answer on the spot. So that reminds me of the, in Australia, a number of years ago, there was a Telstra ad 
and there's a little kid goes up to his granddad and says, um, why is the Great Wall of China there? And then the granddad goes, or the dad says, to keep the rabbit, rabbits out. So then the kid goes to school and they're talking about the Great Wall of China and it's and they're, they're going on, they've proudly got pictures of rabbits, you know, keeping out the rabbits and all that sort of stuff. It's funny and cute, but can you imagine if that was a real situation where that kid, you know, someone was given the wrong information and then they, that's their gospel, that is... They believe that, they believe that and, as and, truth and went on with it. And then they tell their kids and, I mean, that happens all the time. So instead of thinking that we always need to have the answers right now, I kind of like the idea of getting away from that closed-mindedness to then explore things later on. And even if you come up with an answer right now, who's to say that's not going to change later on down the track? Because we see that all the time too. Is someone will, uh, You'll ask someone a question, they will answer it, and that's it. It's set in stone as far as everyone's concerned. But, I mean, we were in the army... There's lots of traditions, and it's like, well, why do we do this? Well, because it's always been done that way. But was that the right way to do it? I mean, one of the infantry corps, um, not infantry corps, but one of the inf- infantry um, battalions, they actually wore their hat back to front because one of the legends in that battalion in World War One and World War Two rode into war with his hat on backwards <laughs> and... He died on the battlefield as a hero. So in dedication to him, they wore their, their slouch hat the opposite way. Or there's other other uh, corps within the army that instead of wearing their lanyard on the, on what I think it was the right-hand yeah. side, they yeah. wear it on the left-hand side because some person got it wrong, died a hero, and so they carry on the tradition of that, of that guy. So that just shows that sometimes the answers and things that we follow are made out of mistakes, not out of things that are correct. Yeah, not out of sort of like necessity that they've actually solved a problem. Yeah, so what I'm saying is that if something has come from a mistake or is the answer is mistaken, then we need to revisit things, don't we? Yeah, we do. And this is why the unexplainable shelf is good, because we don't actually close the door on these things, so then we can adjust them when we need to in the future. Yeah, and it's something that may work today, Mm -hmm. but it may not work in five years' time. Yeah, or in five years' time, we've got better technology. Exactly. Because even thinking about how you would record a podcast in the olden days, you know, like recording on those little voice recorders and and then having to upload it onto the internet and all that sort of stuff. Nowadays, we just record straight onto the computer, upload it, all this magic happens. I mean... Don't allow yourself to be restricted and stuck in an old mindset and an old way of thinking when there's other things that are going to happen in the future. So as as ridiculous as, you know, um, when the teacher was teaching us about um, intuitive body scans and... um, Entity clearances. all All this amazing stuff, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that's all mainstream stuff now. It's stuff that people go, oh, yeah, that's old hat. Yeah, well, we learned it ages ago. Or um, she was telling us about telomeres before that uh, Australian woman won the um, Nobel Prize in Medicine for her research on on telomeres. So telomeres today, telomeres are just, you know, popular. They're scientifically proven now. Yeah, but But because she, she kept her mind open and, you know, 
advanced her um, healing modality and spoke a lot about telomeres, it's like, okay, because she kept her mindset open with her unexplainable shelf. So we need to get away from the whole thing about if it's not broken, don't fix it. That was kind of the thing in the army. It's like, well, don't even ask a question. But the thing about it, it may not be broken, but there could be a flaw with it, as we've been talking about. You know, here's the fact of the matter. Square wheels work as well, don't they? They do. They get the job done. They get the job done, but it's not a good job that they get done. So we do need to rethink things. And this is where the unexplainable shelf comes in. It's like, yep, we've got a a square wheel. Mm, Not really sure if that's the right thing, so let's put it on the unexplainable shelf. I can't solve the problem now. And then maybe a couple of a couple of years down the track, you go <laughs> round. It should have been round. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years later, after a bit of wear and tear on yeah, those square right. wheels. Oh my goodness! Hey. I wondered why they're going like really easy now. Like because yeah, the the corner's been you know knocked off. This is awesome. We should have had round all along. So that's an example of you know the the unexplainable shelf just keeping your mindset open and and having uh, an expanded mindset instead of a fixed mindset. So that's what we wanted to share with you today. Yeah, and um, just on that, Mm -hmm. there's two words that Uh, are very important to have when you're about to put something on the unexplainable shelf. Yes. And those two words are, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yep. Why are they so important, Ray, though? Because you're acknowledging that Whatever it is that you can't identify at the moment is part of someone else's reality. Mm-hmm. You go, of course, that's real in your world. Mm-hmm. It may not be so in my world, but I'm going to stick that on the un- my unexplainable shelf yeah. and think about that later on. That's important because sometimes I know that people get frustrated with me because when it comes to topics and subjects and even really politically motivated things, I can play Switzerland. You and do. It, and it's not that I do it because I can't make a decision one way or the other. It, there's, it's a situation where a decision doesn't need to be made whatsoever. But when, when they get frustrated with me is because I can sit very um, level-headed in the centre because I'm looking at both of them and well, you can I've, see both sides. I've put them on my unexplainable shelf. I can't work out what the hell is going on right now. In fact, I've um, I've observed objectively that I don't even need to make a decision right now. It doesn't concern me. It concerns people that I love and care about. So there's that. And that is why I'm honouring them by putting it on my unexplainable shelf so I can process it, figure it out later on when things come to light because I don't like making rash decisions on on big topics like yeah because you're uninformed exactly I like I'm all about pro-choice pro you know just pro thinking about stuff (laughs) I think I'm more just pro thinking you know just think about things a little bit more deeply rather than just leaving your emotions to go nah that's bullshit that is wrong Yeah, well, it comes back to responding rather than reacting. Exactly. And to be able to respond, you need more of the information. Yeah. So when we know better, we We can do do better. better. So that's it. So I hope you liked the episode today. Um, If you want to read more about this, Ray's going to put a link down the bottom of the show page for my knowledge nugget number 180. Three. 
183, correct. <laughs> I forgot to write the three. It's on my unexplainable shelf. The number three is on my unexplainable <laughs> shelf, so that's 183 if you want to read more about the unexplainable shelf. But the link will be in the bottom of the show notes on breakingthroughthebs.com. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Come on over to breakingthroughthebs.com. That's breakingthroughthebs.com. And that's where you'll find all the episodes and all of the show notes. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe and leave a review. And let all your friends know about Breaking Through the BS. We'll catch you at the next show. Bye for now.